When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Frank Isola, Israel Gutierrez, Emily Kaplan, Clinton Yates. A story we did on Friday. Let me madden this. Boom! 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 Should the Vikings feel disrespected? Oh, what a 60 minutes of football in Minnesota. Where is Sarah Spain today? Let, let me at least give Kaplan and Isola her voice because you other guys got it wrong. Thank you. Also, what the Cowboys proved, what the Jets didn't prove, and could Mahomes to Kelsey be better than Brady Grock? Best QB tight end uh, all time. Let's go around the horn. Uh, I mean, not a good day to be a Vikings supporter. Well, Clinton, Israel, you guys had that one wrong. Sarah's not here to get all her points, but she's a good colleague. Hands them to Captain Isola. Um, 40 to 3? As it turned out, maybe the Vikings weren't being disrespected by being underdogs at home at 8-1. They are now a team with an impossibly juicy piece of history. I saw Trey Wingo post this. They are 8-2, but have allowed two more points than they've scored. So it's the best record while being negative point differential of all time. You do not want that. What a bust of a performance from Minnesota. Does a game like that revert their whole season? And then on the Dallas side of the ball, one week after a loss that maybe you thought could detour their season, the total team effort and clicking and winning 42-3. Clinton Yates around the horn to you. Do you want to start with Minnesota or Dallas? What just happened? We'll start. We'll start with Dallas. They are a team that picked the most opportune time of the season to have their best game of the season. And it started from a leadership standpoint with Dak Prescott. He started this game 16 for 16, was 18 of 19 on first and second downs, mixing in running backs, which is something that doesn't normally happen a lot. And here's what was the stat that actually most impressed me about the Cowboys. They had more than 100 yards in yak yards, Tony. They wanted this more as well in terms of their performance all over the field. The Vikings, who I picked in this game, did not show up whatsoever. Thank you for reminding us. Going to try to, I thought what they were going to try to do was keep the football and run the football because the Cowboys give up so many yards on the ground. That didn't happen at all, and they got embarrassed. The Cowboys, for once, the reason why Jerry Jones' eyes are looking so big is because you look like a team that just might be Israel able to win. Gutierrez. Yeah, I think I understand. I probably need a good scolding right now because of my blind Vikings <laughs> support. Does. I thought they were. <laughs> Give me the fire for I, that. I thought That's maybe they were sort of underperforming. Fire. Yeah. Instead, perhaps they were overperforming or overachieving in their close wins because, you know, they seem to be way too reliant on one left tackle who left the game. Christian Darisaw left the game again with a concussion early um, because that offensive line looked terrible without him yeah. out there. Uh, you really got to be concerned about the space the Cowboys receivers had or even the running backs had out in space. And I mean, I will say this about uh, Tony Pollard. Like he is special. I mean, 6.8 uh, yards 
per touch. That's the most of any running back with 100-plus touches this year. That's more than Christian McCaffrey, more than Aaron Jones. Like, you get the ball in that guy's hands, a lot of good things can happen. And I think uh, Dak is very comfortable knowing that he has not just checkdown options, but options that can be breakaway options from the running back position. So I think uh, it's not a good look for Minnesota. I think it's going to be a, a lot of question marks. And, again, that offensive line's got to be fixed. Otherwise, I don't think there's anything they <laughs> can do. Not a good uh, sort of look for Minnesota. Is that how – that's some PR work there. Emily Kaplan, what did we witness last night? You know, we're going to talk about leadership and accountability when we talk about the Jets. It wasn't just Dak Prescott in this. How about Micah Parsons? He took responsibility for those defensive struggles against Green Bay after the first time in his pro career. He did not generate a pressure. He comes out in this game and on the first drive forces a turnover. He has 10 pressures with a career high for him as a pro. And, you know, when we talk about Minnesota and that point differential, which is really embarrassing, I do think that this game just exposed them because they are 7-0 and in one-possession games. So when they play the two best teams in the NFC, which is uh, Dallas and Philadelphia, they've been outscored 64-11. to That's just really embarrassing. Frank Isola, to you now. And, you know, let's remember, they had a 14-point lead in the fourth quarter and lost on the road. And I get it. It's a road loss. Dallas. But that's something this organization had never done before. Yeah. I'm talking about Dallas. And so you need a dominant defense if you're going to win big and win a Super Bowl, like Jerry said after the game, because he's the biggest Dallas Cowboy fanboy out there. So, of course, they have a great win. And now they're <laughs> going to go to the Super Bowl. But also, let's look at Dak Prescott. A lot of pressure on him after the way that he played that fourth down pass. And Clinton gave you the numbers. To me, you're a legitimate team. When you have a bounce-back win like that and you're doing it on the road against a team with a great record, more so than any game that they've played this season, that performance made the Cowboys look more legit than they've been for me and over a And we can understand that Jerry does think they're a Super Bowl team. We have the rest of our lives and every day in between to talk about that. But last on Minnesota, <laughs> Frank Isolo, when you want to be respected or thought of as a serious operation, let's even say it that way, yeah. to come out the way they did, is that a not just – a detour this season. Is that it? Can they recover from this? Do you believe this team has it in them? I think they can, and of course they play Thursday night against the Patriots. But here's the thing. If you go back to that game against New England, you know the coaching staff is thinking, we got away with one. We should have lost that game in Buffalo. So that's really two poor performances in back-to-back weeks. And they also got a little lucky against Washington, if you're being fair about it as well. What it is is it's a knock-it-off loss, as in get all these chains and all the social media foolishness out of there. It's time to play some football mm-hmm. if you're the Vikings because you just got embarrassed at home. Mm-hmm. We've been horned. We'll move on. Patriots 10, Jets 3. It defies logic that a game with no scoring the whole way <laughs> gets decided on a last-second punt return touchdown. There had been no punt return touchdowns in the league this year, over 500 of them. But no touchdowns, and that's how Marcus Jones calls game 84 yards. That was beautiful. So there's inconceivability of that, but there's the intractability of the Jets' offense. Anyone know how many total yards they had of offense in the second half? Most knows. Two! Yes, Clinton! Two! Garrett Wilson, rookie receiver, napalmed the locker room after, says, I'm done with this. This bleep is sorry. He called out the offense, called out the coaches. Here's the other Wilson, Jets quarterback Zach Wilson. As an offense, though, I mean, you guys are only able to score three points. The defense only lets up three points. I mean, do you, do you feel like you let the defense down? No. No. Head coach Robert Sala, who called the offense dog leap, said he never considered benching Zach Wilson for his play. So was that performance so bad it has you questioning if Zach Wilson is the guy or if Sala's playing this right, Frank Isola? 
Again, it goes back to what I always say. If a guy's struggling, why can't you pull him out of the game? He could still be your quarterback for the future, which I don't know if that's the case. Mm. But at some point, pull him out. And if you're Zach Wilson and you want to get gain some credibility in the locker room, even if you don't believe it, that question is asked. You should thank the reporter because that's your opportunity to say, put this on me. I need to do better. I mean, come on. In the second half of that game, he didn't do anything. You only put up three points on, a, you know, on an okay New England team. But of all the way that the Jets have lost over the years, and if you grew up in New York, you've seen it. Remember the Dan Marino fake spike that happened? They lose on a punt. All they had to do was kick the ball out of bounds. Why are you kicking it there? And there might have been an illegal block on the play, but that was such a Jets way of losing a game. Heartbreak City all the way. The Jets were hoping they weren't the Jets, or they were a new Jets this year, Israel Gutierrez. Not the when same you heard the quarterback say no like that, what did you hear? Well, that's the thing, Tony, is Salah's in a kind of unique situation where they need to assess Zach Wilson here, but they're also a little bit better than expected, especially because of that defense. It's just uh, high-level defense. I can't yep. – one word I can't say. And so you're, you're, you want to assess him, but you also at some point you have to pull the plug in a game like this. You've got one, maybe two other quarterbacks on that roster that could probably win you that game or at least not lose you the game, right? And look what he's doing. He's overthrowing people. He's, like, apparently not understanding what play that they're calling, and then he's not not taking accountability at the end. Uh, uh, at some point, you might lose the locker room if you keep sticking with Zach Wilson and everybody else in there says, hey, we should move on. We've got a couple other guys that can, uh, can take us to some Right. Place. Emily Kaplan, there were two Wilsons in the locker room talking. The rookie receiver, Garrett Wilson. I mean, to hear that from a rookie receiver to say, we can't, this is sorry, is one side of it. And then from the quarterback, Zach Wilson saying, no, I don't, I don't take blame for this here. How'd you hear it? It's me. Hi. Um, the problem with Zach Wilson, and he doesn't want to admit it, and I hate piling on, but like it's truly him. I mean, the facts are Joe Flacco has not played in two months, and he still has more touchdowns than Gar- than Zach Wilson. Garrett Wilson, meanwhile, is like my hero out there. He's speaking with passion and accountability, and he really sounds like a leader. I think if the Patriots have one defining characteristic that's their best characteristic of the season, they can bring out the worst in their opponents, and I feel like when we look back on this game, it's going to be the turning point for Zach Wilson's career when he completely lost the fan base and it all unraveled for him and it's just kind of sad to watch. You think this is it then? You think this is it for Zach Wilson and the Jets and and okay, Clint Yates, how about you? He has no competence I don't on the know field. If this and he is has it. a 55% completion percentage, which is lowest in the league. If he if these are the standards he sets for himself, I think dude's gotta have higher Man. standards. Oh. Clint Yates. Right. I was going to say, I don't know if it's necessarily just about this team. It's about whether or not you pick the right guy in general. Let's not forget the quarterbacks that they passed up in order to get him. And so overall, when you have a guy that doesn't seem to understand what's going on on the field in front of him, my guy, y'all team had more punts than you had completion. Of course it's up to you. This doesn't even make sense. And so if you can't get that what it takes to be an NFL quarterback is more than what you're putting out there, then you don't deserve to be in the league, never mind on that team that's that good. <laughs> I gave you the algorithm there like it was some amazing – they had 10 <laughs> yeah, you just had a count on two hands and you got there. But well done, Clinton Yates. One more story here now. Kansas City over the Chargers last night, just like the last time and just like a lot of the other times. And Mahomes on the last drive, just like the last time and a lot of other times. And, Mah- and Herbert with a game-ending pick, just like a couple times. And Mahomes to Kelsey for three touchdowns like many times. Mahomes after the game called Kelsey the greatest tight end we've ever seen. So I want to ask you, Brady to Gronk or Mahomes to Kelsey, Israel? It's the greatest of all time. I'm going to take the Mahomes to Kelsey. And I know I understand the success that 
uh, Gronk had with Tom Brady. I understand, you know, you look at Tony Gonzalez's numbers and the longevity, and I don't think we're done assessing Kelsey here. But when I talk about ability from that position, the way he can explode out of the breaks like a wide receiver, the way, you know, his body is just obviously big at the tight end position, the way it's hard to bring him down, like, you take away uh, Tyree Kill from this offense, and he just does more, more responsibility, even though there are more eyes on him. Again, I don't think, you know, obviously he's not done. He's going to have to have maybe three or four or five more of these types of seasons. But I think watching him play, maybe a little bit of recency bias, but I definitely believe he to be the Frank best. Guy Sola. Oh, come on. Come on, Izzy. Listen, the guy is a good player, but please. The, the guy throwing the ball is a football genius. And when everyone was watching that game and the Chargers had to score there, I get it. Justin Herbert, all the Charger players, they knew this dude is marching right down the field. We gave him too much time, and he's going to score. Kelsey's terrific. It's all about that quarterback. Put any tight end with him, or most tight ends, big-time talent, they're going to do that as well. So then, for the question, you're taking Brady and Gronk, or you're taking other QB tight end combinations? I'm going to take Gronk. He's done it longer. Kelsey's terrific. I'm not trying to say he isn't, but that's all about that quarterback. That guy's at a different level. Come on. Lynn Yates. Well, Gronk hasn't necessarily done it longer. Him and Kelsey are the same age, but that's also why I take Gronk. When they went head-to-head in a Super Bowl, the guy that made the difference was Gronkowski, and they thus won that game. I do like Mahomes saying, though, that he takes Kelsey over the guy in his own franchise, which is Gonzalez, which is a separate little discussion, but I like Pat sticking up for him. And we cap. You know, I think that he's going to end up as the greatest tight end of all time because he's age 33 right now and he's on pace for career years in all meaningful categories. And because I get the last word, sorry, I'm not sorry, I'm bringing hockey into this. It's like the Alex Ovechkin from the left face-off circle. You know exactly where he's going to be in the end zone. <laughs> you do. Right? You know what's you going to happen. You know what's going to happen. Everyone tries to guard him and uh, you can't do if it If you're anyway. the Chargers and he's beating you twice, you know what's going to happen on the la- I mean, that last drive. They, they took a minute. You could have done it in 13 seconds. for having Mahomes, but not Gronk for having Brady? Yeah, that was odd a little bit, Frank. I mean, I mean the, yeah, that, that's um, the idea. Helen Winslow. That Emily Kaplan quoted Taylor Swift and sang her. Are we going to be uh, in trouble with Taylor Swift? Is she going to charge us 90000 per Look ticket out. for her next concert? Flattery. It was Buy flattery. And next. plus, my singing wasn't that good. I don't think she'll care. Around the Horn is presented by Bullet Frontier Whiskey. Please drink responsibly. Part of happy hour. And in part by Avatar, the way of water. Experience it only in theaters December 16th. And don't miss the final trailer debut during Monday Night Football tonight. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guarantee Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play.
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Welcome back to Around the Horn, brought to you by Chase. Coming to you from the Seaport District at Pier 17. Since Taylor Swift hasn't shut us down, Emily, we happily move forward with the news of the day. USA won, Wales won, and exhale. Opening game with a bit of everything. America-controlled first half, capped off when Christian Pulisic found Tim Weah. And the second half for Wales. And the equalizer on the spot from Gareth Bale, who pulverized through Matt Turner's hand, who guessed correctly, but it was just back of the net. Walker Zimmerman picked up the penalty. And then even after that, some saucy moments late. Kelvin Acosta taking a yellow card, maybe saving a real tough spot for the U.S. in the 99th minute, but a draw, Frank Isola. We start with you. How do you assess the opening game? Yeah, I think it's disappointing when you have a one nothing lead and you're in the 82nd minute. You have to find a way to usher that game out and get the three points. Great goal, and Timmy we- Timothy Weah, whose dad, Georgie Weah, one of the greatest players ever, never played in the World Cup. But where are all the chances from the U.S.? Just didn't create enough. And if you're Zimmerman there, you're going to go into Gareth Bale from behind in that situation. you got to stay on your feet. You cannot commit a foul, especially with Gareth Bale's got his back to the goal. That was a big disappointment. Too defensive after getting an early lead, Frank? Yeah, and I think maybe that's part of the inexperience of the roster as well. You know, you look at the way England played. You know, they put up six goals in the game. I understand the opponent's a little bit different, but I thought the U.S. was the better team. I mean, Gareth Bale looked like he's ready for retirement out there, but yet he got one chance, got fouled, and he finished off the penalty. Lynn Yates. Uh, this was a B-minus to me overall. I thought that they came out and showed fight, which was something that I was concerned about, what the level of urgency was going to be for this group of young guys that have, you know, since missed a World Cup since prior to. Way was playing great in the first half, goal aside. He just happened to get that on a nice combination of things. I thought overall that Turner played probably a better match than he'll be related for, than he'll be graded for because of the fact that he gave up the PK. But that's the reason why the Welsh have Gareth Bale is because opponents panic and do things when they think he's going to be the one to score. You can ask teams in MLS about that and it worked out for the Welsh. So overall, for Burhalter, I think he saw enough to know. They've got a chance to get out of this group, but lurking in that group, obviously, is Iran, who got two goals late against England. That could come back to haunt the U.S. men's national team. Mm. Kaplan. Yeah, I don't know if this was a must-win game, but it was a must-point game, especially with the way that England showed out earlier in the day. You know, Wales was an underdog. Their manager said it themselves. He threw that U.S. and England were their favorites of there. Out of all the teams that qualified from Europe, they had the lowest possession numbers. And I thought our first half was excellent. The possession was there, the shots were there, the energy was there, and then it slowed down. But for me, as a Chelsea supporter, I've got my eyes on Christian Pulisic. I think this is a career-defining tournament for him. He was stripped of the sea. Uh, you know, he's at Chelsea now with three managers who just don't know what to do with him. He's been relegated to a super sub, saw, sub. So a strong performance from him could facilitate a transfer. He was excellent in the first half. He produced, but in the second half, he was invisible like the rest of the team. Is Gutierrez. Yeah, I would say it was uneven and overall disappointing. I think the first half was encouraging, uh, not just with possession. Uh, Zimmerman, Dest, and Ream, the three of them all had more touches than any Wales player had, or twice as much, rather, than any Wales player had in the first half. You had, you know, the obviously calm touch there from Wea for the goal and overcoming some questionable officiating. I mean, especially early on. Uh, the U.S. had four yellow cards in this one. They had four yellow cards in the entirety of the 2014 World Cup. So I think to, to overcome that is encouraging, but then to sort of fall apart part when Wales was picking up the pressure and Frank mentioned it I think uh, Clinton as well that was a kind of a nervy tackle from from Zimmerman um, there to get yeah. that foul on Bale there 
And yeah, they probably got lucky, honestly, in the end. Or maybe played a little smart and got a little bit lucky uh, at the end to not uh, fall behind. But in the end, out of the nine uh, World Cups where the U.S. played in with group stage, every time they've either drawn or won, they've advanced. So that's encouraging if history holds. Frank, on the group now. Uh, I know one shot and one yeah. goal for the U.S. in game one. And, and Clinton alluded to Iran getting two goals against England. Yeah, that's why for me, I think you got to root if you're, for the U.S. You got to root for Iran and Wales to draw in their next match. Because if you're the U.S., it's going to be tough to beat England. They've never beaten us in a World Cup game, by the way. But you want to give yourselves a chance on that final day. Because remember, England's going to play Wales. The U.S. will get Iran. But Friday, Black Friday, huge game, England-U.S. Ben Yates, thank you for your time today. Israel Gutierrez, I found it interesting. You thought Des looked good today. Yeah, Des did look good, didn't you? Yeah, and you would see it a little bit of Israel and Dest and no Pete oh. Davidson. All right, yeah. thank you. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Good Just like I look like Taylor Swift. Kaplan Isola showdown coming up in four minutes. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play, and. Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Around the Horn is presented by Bullet Frontier Whiskey. Please drink responsibly. Part of happy hour. College football highlight of the weekend. TCU winning at the last second of the last second. Some are critical of this, I say. There are NFL teams we see can't pull this off. Everybody got lined up and they kicked it. Emily, do you have more faith in the Horn Frogs or maybe even the Wolverines after tight wins, or do you have less? I have no faith in Michigan right now. After nearly losing to Illinois, Jim Harbaugh had to remind us for the 84th time that he's a Michigan historian and was hyping up his kicker as legendary. Like, I don't think that's the way to go into Ohio State week. Right, guys, Sola? Let's remember, Tony, before the season, you said who could sneak in there. I said USC, but you said it mm -hmm. right about TCU. Mm -hmm. Think about the players and the coaches to be able to pull that off. That's at the college level. So all you NFL teams that can't do it, I agree. shame on I you. Agree. Excellent work oh, by they, TCU. They don't deserve to win. They win games late. They win them. So I guess 100%. you can't complain about that. But they do something we see NFL yep. teams struggle with. We'll move on. We've seen players stay late on the court after bad games or to get a workout in. This is the Giannis. Harold's story here, you know about it. That Harold wanted to work out too. Philly Arena staff just probably wanted to do their job and go home, I bet. But Giannis saying he didn't mean to knock over the ladder. We're just trying to get those 10 straight free throws in. Who you got here? And the Compos, because his brother Thanos was involved as well, or Harold? Frank. 
Well, let's remember, Montrezl Harrell first comes and gets the ball. That's why Giannis went back to the locker room to get a ball, and then the ladder was there. Giannis should not have pushed the ladder, I'll give you that. But it's refreshing to see a star player out there after a game. Izzy reminded me that Kobe did this in Miami. No harm, no foul. This is on Montrezl Harrell, not Giannis. Kaplan. Yeah, he was totally provoked by a punk, and all he wants to do is get better, work on his game, his work ethic. If this is the biggest controversy in his career, I'm totally I agree with it. both of you on that, but plenty of places to work out. Yeah? Let the arena crew go home, please. 30 seconds of FaceTime, Frank Isola. Ten minutes. Ah, there we go. Well, I'll see you in Montclair this week, by the way, Emily. Let's hear it for the comeback players of the week in the NBA. Clay Thompson, 41 points, 10 three-pointers, and also Ben Simmons. We take his temperature all the time. Last night, 11 of 13, 22 points for Ben Simmons. He made his free throws against Portland in a win. Last night, he looked terrific, and guess what? Tomorrow night, he goes back to Philadelphia. That's going to be a big night for him. His game looks good now. Emotionally, he looks good. Good for Ben Simmons. If we're going to criticize him, let's give him some praise. He was very good last night. No Embiid, no Harden, no Maxi. Frank Isola, That's today's not champion. Schedule. I'll see if I can find time for you. We're on a 23 and a half hour break. We'll New Jersey. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. <laughs> 